1: Brad Biggs, Biggs time, Biggs, with Mully and
0: Haw, Biggs time, the Biggs report, with Brad Biggs, Biggs time, Biggsy his name is Brad Biggs, Brad Biggs talks football with you, <laughs>
1: Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 the score, Brad Biggs, the football man of the Chicago Tribune. Long-time contributor to the station and a valued friend. And he joins us on the score hotline powered by IBEW Local 9, Chicago's original powerhouse since 1892. Big Zay! Morning, Brad. Morning, boys. What's going on? Well, this is it, buddy. We are heading to the season finale up in Green Bay. The Bears will close it out and perhaps leave us all with a very good feeling about the future, Mr. Gitts. They uh they've won two in a row. They have an opportunity to win a third consecutive game for the first time in this administration. Be a nice way to finish uh the season.
2: Be a great way for them to uh finish the season and they're playing you know, we talked about it earlier this year, kind of passing the eye test here late in the season, and they're beginning to do that uh, more consistently, right? You're seeing a football team playing the way I think general manager Ryan Poles wanted to see his team play, and it's near the end of year two. um, They're putting up fight. You know, this isn't a team that's gone out and laid – many stinkers here of late. The, the last really poor game they played was that right before Halloween, that trip to Los Angeles for that Chargers game. And mm-hmm. since then, they've lost some games, but, boy, they've been in them. They've, they've played uh, tough, and uh, you're starting to see we've been seeing results because at the end of the day, Right, This is a results-based business, and you're starting to see the results.
3: So I think everybody wants to see, if you're a Bears fan, Justin Fields finish strong, and the game plan and the success to revolve around what he does. And if he has another game like he did against the Falcons. And yet, Brad, I think you look at the Packers and that defense, what you want to do against them, I think they're 28th against the run. Don't you want to run the ball and maybe – He'll be he will be part of that, and maybe not. But w- offensively, th- there would be a temptation to go in and and have you know throw the ball all over the field and come out aggressively like they did against the Falcons. But I wonder against the Packers, will that be the approach? Will Luke Getze say this is a weak running defense and we're going to try, try to pound it?
2: Well, you got you got to be able to do a little bit of both, and it's interesting that uh, the statistics for the Packers are kind of slanted like that where they've had some some issues against the run and their numbers against the pass are uh, considerably better because they've been missing some cornerbacks for good chunks of this season. Some of their better players in the secondary have missed some significant time, yet they're 11th in the league in, in passing defense. And as you referenced, 28th in the league, um, against the run. And so I, I, you got to be able to do both, but I would look at it certainly and say, Hey, you know, there's an opportunity for us to get after it Uh, on the ground. The bears did okay running the football in the opener at 122 yards on 29 carries. I mean, really, they were, if you recall back to that game, the bears were chasing there in the second half. Um, Since then, the bears are excuse me the packers have been hit for more than 200 on the ground by the falcons uh, by the lions by the steelers wow. and by the giants now that being said last 3 weeks 99 yards 96 and 67 so the packers run defense the last 3 weeks has looked considerably better uh, than it did for really a good chunk of the season. There's been some decent games in there, but you talk about those those big numbers when you're when you're giving up uh, 200 plus, especially to the Giants. That was that was a, a bad loss uh, for them. But as I recall back, I think um, <clears throat> that um, Dave's guy Tommy Cutlets was was doing a lot of damage against the Packers with his legs in that game. So maybe an opportunity for Fields to kind of be in the mix too uh, because he's certainly a a much more uh, accomplished and uh, skilled runner than Tommy DeVito.
1: This segment with Brad Biggs is sponsored by Estwing Professional Tools made in the USA for 100 years, estwing.com and and Brad that's um that's amusing i i also i just wonder um there are so many decisions to be made some of them seem to already have been made i don't know if all of them have been made i am very curious to see what the bears end up doing is there a danger of them getting out of sync in terms of the coach quarterback connection in other words if you want to keep the coach and you want to keep the system, and you change quarterbacks, does that limit what you're able to do? If you want to change, uh, if you want to keep the coach and you want to change the system, does that impact the way that you look at the future of the organization? D- is there a possibility that they could run it back, or has that already been uh, kind of? determined not to be the case, and and, uh, do we have any idea about what the major decisions are yet to this point?
2: Well, I I think it's pretty clear that when you talk about major decisions, Ryan Poles will be back. Mm -hmm. There's no question in my mind about that. I believe Matt Ibraflus will return. And with Ibraflus returning, as I wrote coming out of the game last week, I'd look for him to potentially be his own play caller on defense, right? Because there's, there's, there's been a vacancy sign uh, for that position for months now at House Hall. I, I would think he would look at it and say, you know what, I'm the best guy for this job. I got a few things up my sleeve here. Let's go ahead and do that. Uh, in terms of what they're going to do offensively, Luke getzi has been in the role the last two years. And what they're going to do with the quarterback position? I if decisions have been made in regard to that stuff, I'm certainly um, not aware of it. Could could you um, risk a setback if you're changing some of those things up? Absolutely, but um, if they're changing any elements of that equation up, it's with an it's it's with the long view to hey, what's best for us moving forward? And and I think whichever direction they go, they'll probably be, probably be able to explain it uh, in a pretty thorough manner. Not everyone may agree with it, but I think they'll be able to explain it.
3: So, Brad, yesterday at Hallis Hall, there was a lot of conversation about the Pro Bowl, which doesn't mean what it used to mean, and they don't even play a game anymore, but it does signify... You know, a level of achievement. Montez Sweat, Jalen Johnson, deserving candidates. They made the team. I thought DJ Moore got snubbed. You can make the case for the other guys, but he did not get in. He had the big numbers. What was your reaction to the entire Pro Bowl uh, selection process and who the Bears have made it?
2: Yeah, I think you know, when you talk about where this team came from, to have uh, have two guys in there uh, is a step in the right direction. They they, they didn't have anybody. Uh, in the Pro Bowl last year, right? Um, I would, in terms of NFC receivers that got snubbed, I think you, Amonra St. Brown's probably tops, right? Uh, he's got uh, 20 more catches than DJ. He's got more yardage, and um, he's got one more touchdown. Like, those guys, they're, and their numbers are close. They're, like, right there uh Brandon Ayuk with the 49ers you can make a great case for him he did not make it as well uh so loaded group of wide receivers in the NFC like it, it's a uh it's a different world though guys when we're talking about a Bears wide receiver deserving of the Pro Bowl right i mean just think about that like that's uh that's something for a team that uh, has struggled at that position uh, so consistently with the exception of really, you know, they, they trade for Brandon Marshall and they've got him for a while. And, and Alshon certainly had uh, some success uh, when he was here, second round draft pick, but otherwise the, uh, the position has been barren for a real long time. And, and you can have a chicken uh, or the egg discussion in regards to wide receivers and quarterbacks and, and that type of thing. But um It's refreshing to be able to discuss a guy who's got legitimate numbers for the Pro Bowl games, and certainly D.J. Moore has legitimate numbers.
1: I'm curious, Brad, um, if you decided to move on from the offensive coordinator, if you decide you're moving on from both the quarterback and the offensive coordinator, um, how easy would it be to fill that job how easy would it be for the next guy in to be able to have an influence on, on the draft pick and perhaps the new quarterback? I, I just wonder if there would be um, a a lot of different options, if, if that would appear to be kind of a save everyone's job move, right? Mike uh, Florio told us that he believed – that if you had other options, you wouldn't want the Bears' job because there's so much pressure connected to it. If you're bringing in a new signal caller, and uh, and if things don't go right next year, then obviously you're taking a step back, and that might influence uh, your ability to get hired uh, after that. So I I don't I don't know if uh, if if offensive coaches are afraid of such a a job, but if you had other options, maybe that would be better than. Trying to come and be a savior for a program.
2: Well, I I think what will kind of shape how the position is viewed, if there is a position, is how do the Bears project their belief and faith in Matt Eberflus after this season? Mm -hmm. Because if you're correct, if it is viewed. As a, this guy's on the hot seat in 2024. That's going to make it challenging uh, to get somebody to come take your job. Like, what? What do assistant coaches? There's, there's a couple different kinds of assistant coaches. There's there's guys that are climbers that are interested in ultimately becoming a head coach, and there's guys that realize that that's probably not a path they'll be able to forge, and they're looking for. Um, stability when when they're looking for a job out there, right? So it wouldn't appear to be a stable job if the coach is on the hot seat to start next year. If the Bears can project, hey, we've got real big-time belief in Matt Eberflus. here's why we're behind him, And when I say we, I'm talking Ryan Poles, I'm talking Kevin Warren, I'm talking George McCaskey. Like this is not a a situation where we're going to be putting this guy under pressure in 2024. We understand selecting a new quarterback if they go that route is going to require uh, an element of patience, And, and the Bears can prove that they have been Right. A patient organization for a while now. So if you can convince people of that, then I think it all of a sudden looks like a, uh, a a better job than than it would. You know, you don't have the in in that instance, you don't have the proven quarterback in place that would make a job like I don't know if you're the OC of the Chargers uh, attractive, but the ability to Develop a young guy yep. um, that's going to be uh, appealing, I, I, and to be the OC for a defensive head coach uh, right. can also right. be appealing. And,
1: and that and that's what I'm driving at. I mean, if if Floos, if part of him coming back means he's still the play caller on defense, as we just discussed, then and I'm sure they would bring in a a nominal defensive coordinator to help him but it would be him calling the plays that would indicate that you need a guy not just a a um a guy that is a kind of um play caller but also a guy that is a quarterback guru so those are that's two jobs in one in a way just like Iberflus' is play caller head coach is too
2: yeah no no question i mean and that's why you know the game's gonna the game's gonna end Sunday night up at Lambeau Field. I don't know when we'll hear from Ryan Poles and Matt Ibrahulus. Maybe that happens on Tuesday, and then the the next like two weeks after that are gonna be fascinating, and and really just the beginning of what, what's gonna be a momentous uh, off season for the Chicago Bears.
3: So Brad. In your mailbag, you had some very interesting statistics breaking down Justin Fields' season. Next-gen stats you cite, and there's a dramatic difference about Justin Fields against zone defenses and man defenses, uh, man coverage. 81.4 is his QBR against man coverage. 26.4 against zone. It's the 28th in the league. When you, And there's a big enough sample size to make each kind of applicable. and It's not a it's it's not incompatible and it's, it's telling, how do you interpret that and how, how will you think that will factor into the bears final analysis of what they have in Justin Fields three years in to his career?
2: Well, they're not going to, they're not going to be sitting there looking at QBR numbers to, to make a decision. But I think you, you look at, you know, elements of what he's doing well And what needs work. And and there's a, yeah, there's a dramatic difference in his QBR versus man coverage and versus zone. And QBR, of course, incorporates the uh, uh, quarterback's ability to be productive running the ball as well. There's a lot more to it than just the old fashioned passer rating uh, statistic. And um, so that's going to help out. Guys like Fields, guys like Lamar Jackson, guys like Josh Allen, you know, do Michael Vick in the past, guys that can move around, going to help them out a little bit. And so one reason his, uh, his numbers versus man are considerably higher is because it's easier for any quarterback to be effective as a runner when the opponent is playing man coverage because the... Defensive packs by and large, have got their backs turned to the line of scrimmage, and they're chasing the wide receiver, tight end, or running back, or whoever they're attempting to cover. And in zone coverage, as Lovey explained, and everybody else has, the your your goal is to have eleven defensive players with eyes on the quarterback, and so it's uh, you, you don't have the quarter. You know, every once in a while, you guys see uh, secondary and man coverage. And you see DBs still running with their backs to the line of scrimmage with the quarterback running, you know, the same direction as they are. And that doesn't happen against zones. So it's more difficult uh, to bust off those huge running plays against zone defenses. And then it's, you know, the zone defenses with the these coordinators try to get a lot of uh, disguises. And, and this is for every quarterback in the league. They're trying to muddy the picture pre-snap, you know, late rotation, um, trying to make it unclear where the windows are going to be. That's a challenge for uh, all quarterbacks, and, and it's been one uh, for fields as well, and, and that's why you see his numbers for zone are uh, near the bottom of the league. Against against man. I, I believe his QBR is number four in the entire league. It's fourth in the National Football League. Uh, so he's right near the top, and then against against zone, it's, it's, it's very near the bottom at 28.
3: Where's Tommy DeVito?
2: I, I, that's your guy, so you would I, know.
3: I, I, you introduced him to the conversation. I just thought maybe you'd done a lot of legwork and research.
2: I, that's Dave, that's the kind of story that I know would tug at your heart. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: Uh, you're the best, Brad. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, we Brad. appreciate it. Talk to you tomorrow.
2: Have a great day, guys.
1: We will get his pick from him tomorrow. We'll break down the game. But that's interesting stuff. There is a lot going on with this team and a lot of decisions that are uh, very interesting ones if you choose to do the, the thing that we all suspect they're going to do.
3: Yeah, because it's an objective analysis of what you have at the position, the most important position. And it's a larger body of work than just the last several games or – The smallest sample size of the season doesn't mean you discount what's happened lately, but you have to take it into perspective as part of a larger, broader conversation. 312-644-6767. We're going to get to
1: your calls. It's Mullion Hall on the score.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
3: I would say this, that it's, it's, uh, we're going to keep it about us. You know, there's always that that factor of, hey, you know, there's uh, an important game for them, for sure, right, an important game for us, for sure. And, uh, you know, we're going to leave it at that. We're, it's a rival, and uh, we're excited about going up there and playing some football. Molly and Haw,
1: Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, that is the voice of Matt Eberflus. He is the the once in future head coach of the Chicago Bears. I don't think um, anybody's anticipating that he will be fired. I don't know who else you can say that about. I think that it's uh, fascinating the decision they have to make regarding the the quarterback because they do have the number one overall pick. It's going to be fascinating the decision they have to make about the offensive coordinator because the offense hasn't clicked and you know i thought last year he did a pretty good job of adjusting i'm not sure i think he has adjusted this year but i think that it's been more difficult and i think that they haven't been able to play the way that the offensive coordinator wanted to play to start the season it became pretty apparent pretty quickly that it wasn't working between him and the quarterback they did change things after the injury and they did uh, they are seeing more progress but yeah, I, and I and I said this to you, and I, I, you know, people get angry when you talk about this sort of thing, but when you evaluate the the process of the quarterback, the mm-hmm. way that he goes about playing the game, if you if you watch the all twenty two, you can see there are plays on the field that that he is not hitting for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and I wonder if you're if you're one a member of the coaching staff and you're watching that. If you're just like, throw the ball. Why aren't you throwing the ball? (laughs) You're seeing stuff left on the field. There's been some great performances. He can do things that no one can do. It's extraordinary to watch it, especially some of these escapes that he makes. But I don't know that he's making it harder on himself. If he he would just release the ball, he doesn't seem to anticipate throws very very well. I I just think there are elements – to his game that they are still struggling with?
3: Well, three years into him as a starting quarterback, the last two under Luke Getze, yeah. and this is the first season where you can really just say justifiably that he's had weapons and he's had an offensive line, and it's it's a fair evaluation. They're coming off a game they scored 37 points against a, a top-10 scoring defense, and Justin Fields played as sharp of a game as he has played as a Bear. So right now is as good as it gets for Justin Fields. That said, when you look at the overall body of work, you can't ignore the things you just described. And I think people won't eventually. I think they won't in terms of the evaluation. The people who are making these decisions have to consider the totality of of his career, of his tenure as the Bears. And you're seeing with the Bears all of this conversation, all of this evaluation taking place right now in the media. We heard from Charles Robinson, who who polled the executives. We heard from ESPN.com, Courtney Cronin, and Jeremy Fowler early in the week. This morning, Dan Wiederer, our guy, um, weighs in on the Tribune.com, Talked to 12 executives over the last three weeks about where the Bears are, and it's a good position to be in. A lot of guys, Mully, are envious of or talk about what a great position the Bears are in, and either sticking with Justin Fields or drafting number one overall a quarterback like Caleb Williams, but to your point, got to read this real quick because you said what this essentially source that Dan talked to described the processing in the pocket. I mean that's what you're talking about, right? Making decisions, missing receivers, not reading defenses quickly enough to pull the trigger. Isn't that essentially what you're alluding to, Molly? Yes. So yes, Dan quotes this one source who has studied Fields' game extensively, remains bothered by the quarterback's lack of feel, in quotes, and inability to consistently manipulate defenses by the end of his third season as a starter. Quote, this is the source. You sit there and watch it, and you ask yourself, why in the world is he not making those throws? Is it A, he's still limited processing, or is it B, he's scared to throw an interception? I'd rather see him take more chances and watch his interception total go up and play the game like Josh Allen, then see this. He seems so gun shy to throw the ball into any traffic. Wow. End of quote. And yeah. then you take a step back. You think, okay, what's he talking about? Can you think of times where Justin Fields has threaded the needle? And okay, he did in the end zone. He threw the touchdown pass to DJ Moore in the that corner. Was a great throw. Yeah, it was a beautiful throw. Yes, it was. There aren't many examples like that, and maybe there aren't for many quarterbacks around the league, and we're being way too demanding, or you you have ex- expectations that are unrealistic. But I think that point's well taken. So is yours. When you're watching Justin Fields operate in the pocket, there's a comfort level that I don't think he has reached yet at the end of his third season as a starter that I think we all expected him to be at, and he's just not.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I think that the problem, David, is that he makes these wow plays that stop you in your tracks. You're just kind of like, holy God, like how did he do that? How did he pull himself out of that pressure and get down the field? What you're not looking at is what if he had gotten the ball out quicker? Would they have already? That, like, why does he need the wild plays in, instead of teams want to march down the field in a very conventional kind of way? And it but seems as if ta- at times the quarterback the, makes things more difficult for himself.
3: The trailer for the Justin Fields movie as a Chicago Bear is exciting it is intoxicating and it makes you want to watch and say wow the movie has some has some parts that might, might not be all of that complete <laughs> it makes you want to look away sometimes you know what i mean you're right there are the wow moments yes and they make people remember them they make indelible marks no in your memory. doubt about it and they're yeah. like hey, dude you remember that great escapability we called him houdini and there are houdini moments There is special, and you can't defend that. It's hard to coach, too. But I just think you want more consistency. Maybe he will achieve it. I think he's one of the top 32. You you can't tell me he's not going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL next year. I just don't know if it will be in Chicago. Let's try Muhammad. He's listening on the Odyssey
1: app. Good morning, Muhammad. How are you?
2: Good morning, fellas. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. All right. I have a question for you guys. Um, It's a bit wordy, but I wrote it down. (laughs) <laughs> would you want a quarterback who performs well on the field like Caleb Williams, but does not, does not inspire his teammates, is not liked in the locker room, and has a dysfunctional mindset? Or would you either have a quarterback like Justin Fields uh, and build a really strong team around him, which would equate to a stable winning culture? And like you were saying, David, not too long ago, his movie, he needs a good supporting cast, so his movie actually looks good. You guys have a good day. I'm going to listen to your Thanks, talk.
3: Bud. Thanks, Thanks Mohammed. I like going with the analogy. Um,
1: okay, just fi just uh, Justin Phil. Okay, Caleb Williams in his last three seasons, one at Oklahoma and two at USC, has thrown for 10,082 yards. He has 93 passing TDs to 14 interceptions. He has. Um, a sixty six point nine, so basically a sixty seven percent completion percentage. He's rushed nine hundred and sixty yards for twenty seven touchdowns. Like if you just look at those numbers. It's the eye
3: test. It's unbelievable. He passes it. Oh, he I, totally I, does. Muhammad makes some valid raises some valid concerns about the character issue. But Molly, we just research to be done. We don't know. We don't know if those are yeah. Uh founded. How, how many how critici- many how many of his teammates went to his twenty four? We'll first? find out. I'm gonna call Sonny Weaver. Hold yeah. on. During the break. Sonny
1: Weaver Jr. would would hear that information. I need to find out. And he'd wanna know. And when, the the kid could say that uh that you know, Bo Ryan could tell him that uh he did can't Taylor remember. Williams
3: send the, the hundred dollar bill back <laughs> at the end of the playbook. <laughs> Look, there are going to be criticisms there was a lot of adversity He is a young man that didn't handle the situations well I want to know more we the Bears need to know more they will find out more and all they need to I think that it's a fair question Justin Fields has the intangibles he has the mental toughness you know he can operate in a market like Chicago and win over the fan base I I think you want to get to the Super Bowl I want the best quarterback I don't want the most popular quarterback and and i think that one of the questions is
1: you know Justin Fields is still a young man um it, different people learn at different levels and different ways is he still relying on his on his talent as opposed to what they're trying to teach him about quarterback play is he going to blossom as he becomes the kind of um 26 to 28 year old I- in the NFL, we've seen quarterbacks blossom
3: I think later than others. I, and, and he may be the latest example somewhere else in another city, and people may look at that with a lot of regret and remorse one day. I, I, two things can be true here about Justin Fields, in, in my opinion. You could look at if, it's, if Sunday is his last game as a Bear, in this offseason if he is traded, he could look back and he could – hypothetically file a coaching malpractice suit against the Chicago Bears organization because they have failed him right yeah I I think they have failed him so I think you can be disappointed in the coaching that Justin Fields has received because you would be valid in all of your criticisms and then you can say okay that's my one point here's another Caleb Williams projects to be a more special quarterback in the NFL because he is more comfortable in the pocket. He can throw from different arm angles and make all the throws. And he just has that innate ability to perform at a high level at the most important position in sports. That's not exactly a, a, a leap of faith that we're the only ones making. That's a conclusion that a lot of talent evaluators are going to reach and have already reached. So it's, it's again, a good decision or a better one. Right. Right a good alternative, or a better one. I I just don't think it has to be – we're not finding flaws in Justin Fields' games that justify uh, confidence in in Caleb Williams' ability. There are flaws in Justin Fields' game that he could correct and be a very good NFL starting quarterback, a playoff-caliber quarterback. I I love some things about his game. As I've said before, I love the
1: team element of of his personality, the way – You know, I know this sounds stupid, but the way that he will spend his time to help his teammates with whatever they have going, the way he understands the importance of the quarterback being present for his teammates. He's a good teammate. He's a good leader. He's a tough guy. There's a lot of things to love about him in terms of the intangibles, including his ability to move on the field, his ability to make these wow plays, and everything else—I just wonder if you're going to get to a point where where you see him be more of a conventional quarterback with this special to him. This is what we are witnessing with Lamar Jackson. Right. He the transition in his game that that and you know he he can he can make plays on the move. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's become a standard pocket passer but his his game has evolved he's gotten better and his team has figured him out more and they're playing better and if they if they come away with the Super Bowl this year it's going to tell you wow like a guy can be an MVP based on ability and then can be an MVP based on team
3: performance maybe we talk about this when we come back from the break Will that, if that happens, will that, to repeat a question I asked last week, will that, Ravens' victory in a Super Bowl because of Lamar Jackson, all around quarterback who evolved from a runner into a thrower, will that affect your thinking on Justin Fields? 312,
1: 644, 6767. Back with your calls. It's Mully and Hawn, the score.
2: I think we've improved tremendously in all
3: phases, and I think that's. Players and coaches. So um we've grown a lot as a team. Our chemistry is growing with each other. So um excited to
0: go out there Sunday at uh three forty five and voila.
3: Wella, uh, that is Justin Fields. I hope he gets out there earlier than three forty five. Wella. Uh, I think they start at three twenty five. I know, I don't want want him to be late.
1: That would suck. Clock, Clock management
3: issues already.
1: Uh we're gonna we're gonna
3: kick off. Okay. Where's Justin? Wait,
1: wait, he's not here yet. Tyson,
3: warm up. Justin thought it was 345. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Don't, okay, don't,
1: don't, don't, don't make him punt too soon. He's got to go. He's not here. He said 345, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, that's okay. <laughs> I mean, generally speaking, he'll be there with the
3: team and he'll be ready
1: to go. I'm sure he's there for the kickoff. <laughs> yeah. One timeout, time two timeouts.
3: Twenty seconds, thirty seconds. What's the difference?
1: Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Let's start with Joe. Joe's in Libertyville. Hey Joe.
3: Hey guys, how you doing today? Good,
1: good. good bud. Good.
3: So my question is this. A couple weeks back ago, I think it was Brad Biggs was quoting an article about seven GMs that said Justin Fields was maybe worth a low second round, high third round pick but we didn't want to make any decisions then because we weren't sure if we were getting the first pick. Now, obviously, we know we are getting the first pick. But my question is, what is Justin Fields worth now after all these great games? Are we just looking at him as a homer saying, ah, he plays on our team, he's worth more? Kind of like Lamar Jackson, you guys mentioned him earlier. He uh, wasn't getting any offers from any other teams in the offseason, but his team felt that he was a better player than perhaps the rest of the league does. Is that how we feel about Justin? And I'll hang up and listen to your answer. I don't think the two situations are comparable only because you're talking about Lamar Jackson was the MVP. Teams didn't get involved. There were some factors and maybe an understanding that he was always going to end up back with the Ravens. And that was also a significant check to write. There's not a lot of teams that were in a position to make that kind of investment. As far as Justin Fields improving his trade value, there's probably a consensus or an understanding whether it's Peter King or we've talked about it, Justin Fields in the trade market right now would probably bring you a second or a third-round pick. I don't think a first-round pick is realistic. And it would be more than Trey Lance got, but less than Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold got a second and a fourth, I believe. If you could get a second and a fourth for Justin Fields, I think you would feel very good if you're Ryan Poles.
1: Yeah, I I can understand... um... I can understand looking into it, and I can understand you know again, what was the the Sam darnold was a second, a fourth, and a sixth, yeah, right, mm-hmm. so if you get a second and a fourth, yeah be, you'd be very close uh, to that, and I think you'd probably take that i i don't know i i I don't know how much there is of a debate amongst all the people that are that are uh, making the decision. I really don't. And I think that there's clearly a big debate among our listeners and there are certainly strong feelings about it. I I don't know that it is as easily resolved in the minds of fans as it is in the minds of people that are that are calling the game and are looking at the game. And I don't even know if they're the ones
3: with the decision. I think that's a good point, and you also have to consider this is a strong quarterback class in the draft. Right. So there might be teams that are – that could affect it either way, depending on if a team wants to give up a second for an experienced starting quarterback like Justin Fields or use their own first-round draft pick on somebody that they would, again, have a rookie contract and, and start their clock over again. That's more likely to happen, and when when you have a strong rookie class of quarterbacks, it probably eliminates or reduces the field of potential trade partners uh, that that i mean listen the the fact of
1: the matter is that you have you have a lot of possibilities here, and you know whatever anyone believes you need to do your due diligence you i don't think it's i don't think I think that you have to look at, okay, what if I did trade the the number one overall pick? What would I get? How would I be different? Is there a quarterback that I really like out of this group that is going to go later than number one? Do I want the number one overall selection? And I don't know how you don't, but I I, I think that you'd have to be very sober in the way you you kind of... Uh, I can wind up with these six guys, including this guy, or I can line up with two guys, including these two. I just think there's a lot of, uh, it's, a, it's, a it, it's a math problem. It's
3: a math problem. And it's a but very
1: it's, sober, it, you just need to figure it out without emotion. And math it, problem.
3: hard to do. Devoid of emotion, all related to a mission statement. Yeah. Now, what is your mission statement? Win, we, we win the, the Chicago Bears, yeah. want to compete for the NFC North Championship for the next five years. Okay, fine.
1: We want to win two titles in the next five years.
3: Okay, then that's a different mission statement. That's, I think and it's that's a, different a different approach. Different one. That's a different approach. So, it's,
1: it's giving yourself five years. and, and you,
3: you know that's the way yeah. Kevin Warren is looking at this. Exactly. Even He doesn't have to say a word. He doesn't have to speak into a microphone. The
1: Bears have won one Super Bowl. One Super Bowl since the, the game was invented. Why not win two in five years? Why not be bold? Why not take all the money you're going to make in the future and the price of the franchise? Why not? Why not go out if indeed you're going to wind up selling this franchise why, at some point? Why not
3: focus with titles? I'm putting together a team capable of winning a Super Bowl and not worry as much about building a stadium that can host a Super Bowl. Well on-the-field success has got to take priority over everything else this offseason. I, I, I don't
1: argue with that. Let's try Brian. He's in South Bend. Hey, Brian.
2: Uh, you kind of just uh, touched on my thought there, but um, uh, Taylor Williams is going to be the first-round draft pick uh, yeah. if you have the, fir- or the
0: first overall, overall draft pick. Yes.
2: Um, but there are teams out there that are more desperate for a quarterback than the Bears. Can you – parlay this first round pick into more value than you get from a Caleb Williams? Can this be the Bears Herschel Walker?
3: Well, there's going to be significant interest if you are willing to trade the pick. You're going to get more than you got for last year's number one pick. You're going to get uh, the kind of haul in return that will pay dividends for years to come. And Herschel Walker trade, it was a decade of, of success. You're talking dynasty type stuff. But you've got to be sure, and you can never be sure, that you're doing the right thing. You're passing up on an opportunity, again, related to the mission statement. You are limiting your ambition if you decide to embrace the status quo at, at quarterback. That It's a good question. It is a good but question. But it's the one that will be debated until the Bears make a, a final decision.
1: Yeah, I, and, and I'm not I, – I, I don't I have a problem with them – thinking it through and taking every second they can. But at some point, they're going to have to make a decision here, and it's going to have to be one that uh, that they understand
3: is going I, to impact them in a way that nothing else will. When we come back, I want to talk about this. We have a texter that asks a very a, a question that kind of bothers me. Not bothers me, but it, it, I'm not quite sure how to answer you. I want to think about it. It's like, what's the difference – between hyping Caleb Williams the way last year people were hyping Bryce Young? What's the difference between those two prospects? I I, I can answer that right
1: now. I think the biggest difference is that Caleb Williams, you've been waiting for a chance to take him for multiple years. And as much as Bryce Young became kind of a one-year wonder, if you will, the um, the reality is that if Caleb Williams had been available last year, he would have been taken over Bryce Williams.
3: I think if I think that if Caleb Williams would have come out, been eligible for the draft after he left Bryce Oklahoma, Shaw. sorry, yeah, Caleb Williams would have been probably the first quarterback taken. Yes, in any draft of the yes. last three.
1: Yes, now we couldn't come out of Oklahoma he had to go transfer
3: but that's why but that's, I, the that's a good answer the answer is that I don't need to think about it people have been waiting good. on him I can deal with other right. stuff during the break all
1: right that's I'm, I'm sorry if I gave that no I'm glad you did it was Three, 312-644-6767 back with your calls Wally and had the score
0: we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio